Hello, hello, and welcome to the Already Loved Podcast. I'm your host, Carly G. Knipe, and I am so glad that you are here today. Today, we are going to be doing a Q&A where I'm going to answer your questions from Instagram. We did a Q&A episode back in 2021, if you want to check that out, um, except that it's not titled Q&A. It's actually titled C-U-E and A-Y. Like, I spelled it like that because I was trying to be quirky, and now, honestly, I just hate it. I'm honestly so embarrassed by it, so if you see that, just ignore 18-year-old me trying to be cool, and yeah, if you want to give that a listen, I'm actually, uh, I co-host that episode with my brother, who is the one who asked me questions. This time around, he could not be here, unfortunately, but I'm here still, so if you want to listen to that episode, you totally can. It was really encouraging when we did it, and it was just a super fun time, and I think my brother is probably the best person that I know, so if you want to give that a listen, you totally can. I have so many great question submissions from the Q&A that I did on my Instagram story at KG Knipe if you want to follow me. So thank you so much if you submitted a question. We got so many that I actually am probably going to use those and divvy them up for future episodes. For this specific episode, I'm going to be going every other. So one fun question, one serious one, or kind of maybe like one personal one and then one general one, if that makes sense. Um... And I just want to start with a disclaimer that so many of these questions are so nuanced and I can't even begin to try to answer them in their fullness or address every specificity in the five minutes that I have for each question. So I just want to kind of preface that if you want to continue the conversation with me about anything that I answer today, we totally can do that in Instagram DM or if you text me, if you have my number, whatever. But um, unfortunately, I'm not able to just really dive into every single one of these in its fullness. So I think that's a given, but I just wanted to address it just in case. But we always start with the song recommendation of the day. Today is actually an album recommendation from one of my very good friends, a dear friend, a brother in Christ, someone who I just deeply adore. And um, I just love his worship and the way that he honors the Lord and just is so humble and also talented. And the album is called The Abiding Instrumental Worship Volume 1 by Mark Slack. It's available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and pretty much anywhere that you can stream music. I personally love no words worship music, just instrumental worship. I love it for my time with the Lord when I'm reading the word, when I'm praying, when I'm just like kind of just dwelling in his presence. I absolutely love it because it's not as distracting. I know obviously worship music is meant to bring us to the feet of Jesus, but sometimes it is just a little bit more distracting than it is helpful. And that's just honest. I mean, I know I'm not alone in saying that my mind is running like a million miles an hour, literally every two seconds. And so... If you really want a very good spiritually sound, overall, very peaceful and relaxing and bringing you straight to the feet of Jesus type of music, Abiding Instrumental Worship Volume 1 by Mark Slack. And I also use it for homework and for just studying or when I'm working from home, anything like that. It's just so nice to have in the background as a little silence filler. But anyways, I just rambled a lot, but let's go ahead and pray in. Um, Dear Lord Jesus, we love you so, so much. God, right now, I just want you to touch every single person who is listening to this. Would you just reach out and just minister to their hearts? Lord, we are so fickle and we're so emotional and we're so all over the place all the time. But Lord, I thank you that you are consistent and that you're good and that you're faithful and that you love us so, so much. And I thank you that nothing that we can do will ever separate us from the love that you have for us. So I pray that we would just dwell in that truth today, Lord, and that we would, yeah, be able to just fully receive that as we go into all these questions and have a lot of fun, but also, yeah, just enjoy your presence, Lord. We love you so, so much, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. 
Okay, question time. So question number one is going to be, how do I get back with God when I feel far from him? This is such a good question, and I think it's something that we honestly all deal with. Um, So if you feel this way, you are not alone. It is totally relatable, and I felt this way often. I feel this way probably at least once a week. Um, And I think this question, if I'm being completely honest, is based on the lie or the assumption that God can be far from us or that God is far from us. But as you know, if you have accepted Jesus Christ into your heart and you've you know, you believe in, you believe and you've expressed with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is Lord and that he died for your sins and all the things X, Y, Z, then you know that everything that the Bible says about being a child of God and being, um, co-heirs with Christ, all of those things are real and that they're true for you. And so when I hear this question, how do I get back with God when I feel far from him? I just think about the verse that says we have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And if you have accepted Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior, then that is true for you. I think we can get very formulaic. We can get very religious. Even if we've broken out of religion, sometimes we can still walk in religion um, and we can believe that there's a formula like, oh, I need to do X, Y, Z and to get in order to get back to this place with God that I haven't been before or that I've, or that I used to be in and now I, I'm not in anymore. Um, but that's not true at all. In fact, it's a relationship. It is a relationship with God. That is what our standing with him is. It's a relationship. Um, what do you do when you feel like you haven't seen a friend in a while or you haven't heard from them? You reach out, right? Like, oh man, I haven't like heard from that friend in a while. I kind of miss them. Let me reach out. You know, like you're not just going to sit there and be like, oh, like, wish I knew like the step-by-step way to get to them. Like, no, you just literally send them a text or you call them, you know? And so I think we can really overcomplicate it. And there's so much grace for that. Like you are not alone in that. And you're not, you're not stupid for feeling that way. Like that is a true, true thing that we all go through. And honestly, my mentor told me, um, I called her a couple weeks ago and I was like, I am struggling. I feel like I don't know how to hear the voice of God anymore. Like, I don't know what's going on. I feel like I don't have purpose in life. You know, when you have like kind of like a midlife crisis, but you're 20, you know, we all have those moments. Um, I was talking to her about this specifically. And she said that there is so much power in just the prayer of Jesus. I know you're here because you said in your word that you would never leave, but I'm having a hard time hearing from you. So I'm just going to turn my attention towards you because you are already here. And I know that's that can feel like, okay, am I going to like now repeat that prayer word for word? No, but it's just the heart set of like, Lord, you said you would never leave. You promised that. And so I know that that is true, but I cannot. I'm having a hard time hearing you. I'm having a hard time connecting. So help me to turn my attention towards you. And that's all time with Jesus is. It's turning your attention towards him and turning the affections of your heart towards him. This is something that I daily need to come into a revelation of that literally it is so simple. He He makes it so easy for us. It's like if you had someone who was following you around all day and just with you all day, of course you could be like, you know, going through your day with them. But if you're not engaging with them and turning your attention towards them and talking to them and including them in your day, then of course, it's not going to feel like you're very close with them. And it's the same thing with Jesus, except that he's not just some weird creep that's near you all the time. He's in you and he loves you and he knows exactly what you need and exactly how you need to hear it and all the things. He knows everything about you and he loves you. He's here even when you don't feel it. I think a lot of us can get caught up in the feeling of it, but he is above and beyond our feelings. He's here whether or not we feel him in the room or that we feel him. And I think practically this can be just connecting with Jesus in a way that makes sense to you. Like maybe doing something that always kind of brings you back to home base. So example for me, it's usually worship. Like if ever I feel 
far from the Lord, like we said. Um, usually when I just take a moment and actually worship Jesus from my heart and whether it's getting on my piano and singing or just playing a song that always brings me back to him um, in the car or something like that, whatever that is for you, um, it might be going on a walk outside, it might be um, meeting with a mentor who is really strong in their faith, like anything like that, whatever it is for you, just kind of find that thing that can bring you back and don't be discouraged if it doesn't always bring you back immediately or if it doesn't work because we can even use that as a form of religion we can be like okay well like every time that I feel far from God I always go on a walk on this route so I'm just gonna go on a walk on this route every single time and it's like even that can be um starting to worship the method or worship um the activity itself instead of actually Jesus. But yeah, so that was kind of a practical one, but obviously take it with a grain of salt. Um, there's so much more to this than I can answer in five minutes. Like if you feel far from God, is it that you're being tormented or that you are sinning and sin like separates from God? You know what I mean? Like there's so much more and there's so many nuances, but all that to say, it's more than I can answer in just the short amount of time that we have, but hopefully this helps at all. The next question is a personal one. It is, what passions has the Lord put on your heart? Um, I have a lot of things that I like to do, hence why I am a podcast host, a photographer. I work at Target. Like, there's so many different things that I do with my time. And honestly, sometimes I still wonder how I survive. But some of the passions that the Lord has put on my heart specifically when it comes to ministry is definitely communicating. I mean, you guys know that I would not be having a podcast if communicating wasn't one of my passions. I love speaking. I love discipling girls, etc., etc. You name it. I like to do it when it comes to communication. I also love um, evangelism. I just have a huge heart for people who don't know Jesus. Um, if you think about kind of in Ephesians, I think, is when Paul kind of breaks down different roles that you can have in the church. These are not the only roles, but this is just some that he listed. Um, There's like, I mean, it says like, and there he sent them, the prophets, the teachers, the evangelists, the pastors, the apostles. Um, I think I might have, I don't know if I missed any, but anyways, in that five, I really do feel like I'm an evangelist. Like, I feel like that my heart cry is for the lost and for those who don't know Jesus. Um, additionally, I also have a huge heart for adoptees. Anyone who has been adopted, whether it's from China or not, adoption obviously extends just beyond China. Um, and it happened way before I was even born. But I just love um, connecting with people who share a similar story than me. I feel like it's so unique and there's so many difficulties honestly and also blessings and just so much beauty in being adopted and I just love communicating with those types of people and connecting with them. I also have a huge heart for girls and women and just being able to pour into people and help girls not make the mistakes that I made and all the things that's one of my passions as well. Um, I also love connecting others to God through worship. I mean you heard my peace episode when I just randomly broke out in song, like, welcome to my life. Um, I just absolutely love worship and I think it honors God in such a beautiful way. And the other passion that I would say that I have is probably awakening people to the Holy Spirit because I lived so much of my Christian life not knowing that I had access to the fullness of the Holy Spirit and who he is and what he can do for us, but not only what he can do for us, but who he is to us. Like, it's just so beautiful. And so that is definitely one of my passions, but Thank you for asking. That's so sweet. I love that I got to answer that. Um, and obviously not limiting the Lord. If the Lord wants to just randomly like make my heart burn for something completely different, then I'm totally open to that. <laughs> but those are the ones that I would say right now, I feel like I really have a strong pull towards, you know. The next question is, how do I find faith-filled friendships? This is such a good question and also such a hard 
thing to deal with right now because I really do think that we are in a loneliness epidemic. I feel like, I don't know, I don't want to blame COVID, but I feel like being shut down from the world for like half a year is not healthy for anyone because it honestly made us all nervous to talk to each other when I think deep down we're all really looking for friends. I also really want to kind of put a disclaimer that I don't think that finding good friends or good community is God's quote-unquote like reward for you being holy or worthy enough so like if you feel like God is punishing you because you haven't found a lot of friends right now who are strong believers just know that whether or not we have good friends in life is not a reflection on our relationship with the Lord that is like God doesn't punish people for that like there's no there's no um I just want to like put a disclaimer I don't know if that is for anyone but I used to think, oh my gosh, do I not have like strong believer friends because I'm just not a good enough like Christian? Like, am I not doing enough? Like, it's kind of like when people um, in singleness, when you're like, oh my gosh, is having a boyfriend or having a husband a reward for being single long enough or being holy long enough? And I do not think that's the case at all. And so if you feel that way, just shake that feeling off because that is not from the Lord. That is not his heart for you. He is a father and he loves you and he loves to give his children good gifts. Friendship is one of the most beautiful things because I really do think it is a reflection of how the Lord loves us. And because we are all made in God's image, there are just bits and pieces and we're all broken fragments and broken reflections of Christ. And so it's just so beautiful to enter into real friendships and real community and be able to see people um, the way that God sees them and also see the God in people you know, like see the bits and pieces of Jesus that are reflected in someone's personality. I think that's so beautiful. So I have a kind of spiritual answer for this. And then also just a really practical answer. The spiritual answer is obviously praying that the Lord would send you safe people and just good, strong believers that love Jesus more than you. And so they can just continually encourage you in the faith. Um, And also just praying that God would make it really clear to you that you would have peace about every friend that you meet and that you're getting closer to. I think the practical answer is it honestly starts in a place where strong believers are. So like, how do we find faithful friendships? Go to the place where faithful people are. Like, for example, if you're looking for a gym buddy, you're going to look at the gym, you know? And so it's very practical. Um, I think when people hear this, they think church. And I don't think it can just be church. Um, It could be a ministry. It could be a ministry on your campus or a nonprofit, like any place that you feel like, hey, I can really get behind their mission and what they stand for um, when it comes to Christ, then you can find good, solid friendships there. And additionally, not just being at a church, but maybe even taking it a step further by serving at your church or joining groups at your church. And obviously not just your church, but also ministries. Like, I think we get really complacent sometimes that we're like, oh my gosh, like, just kind of waiting for friendships to happen to you. But sometimes I really do think that we have to take the steps to be the friend that we've always wanted to have. And so it's really just finding people who love Jesus more than you and just running with them. And, you know, I am just a big believer in just like throwing yourself out there and just being assertive. And I know it's so hard because of course we have fear of rejection and we don't want people to hate us. But honestly, everyone is waiting for someone to invite them to something. And so if you just take the step out and be the friend to start that or be the friend to invite them to that, don't be afraid to put yourself out there because chances are literally everyone around you is also looking for friends. The next question is, what is a question you love asking people you're getting to know? Man, such a good question. 
I usually like to ask, and this is literally from, I'm not even kidding, Chick-fil-A had this like kids meal thing, but instead of a toy, you got kind of like a little deck of question cards. And one of the question card themes was like places. And the first question was, what is a place that always feels safe to you? And I'm like, bro, that is so good. And it's literally from a Chick-fil-A question card kids meal like toy. Like what in the world is happening? But anyways, I always like to ask people, what is a place that always feels safe to you? I feel like it tells me a lot about them and tells me a lot about their upbringing or what they like and all those things just in one question, you know? So if we meet, I will probably ask you, what is a place that always feels safe to you? The next question is, what is the most profound thing that you know about the Holy Spirit? probably that he dwells inside of me and that I have full access to the Father and the Son through him. I think a lot of believers don't live or walk out the fullness of the Holy Spirit in their walks with the Lord. And it actually breaks my heart how misunderstood the Holy Spirit is. I think people don't like what they can't control. And so, of course, when you have a part of the Lord that is completely uncontrollable by man, then of course people are going to try to shun that. Um, And I actually have an episode talking way more about this in just way bigger detail and way better. And it's um, episode 18 called Who is the Holy Spirit? But yeah, I, when I was 15 years old, my mentor laid hands on me and prayed that I would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it literally changed my life. I never had a moment where I like finally started believing in Jesus because my whole life, I've never not believed in Jesus, if that makes sense. But I would say that my faith walk really turned around when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And of course, when you accept Jesus into your heart, you are automatically filled with the Holy Spirit. But I feel like when my mentor laid hands on me and just like placed your hands on my shoulders and prayed, it really activated the Holy Spirit within me. Like I didn't know anything until that moment about the Holy Spirit. And so, yeah, I think the most profound thing that I know about the Holy Spirit is that he dwells inside of me. Like that in and of itself is like wild because that means that everything that happens in the book of Acts is available to me. And it's not only available to me and for me, but for others through me. Like, that's freaking insane. Like, people would literally walk by the, past the disciples' shadows and it would heal them. Like, why is that not, like, a reality today? You know what I mean? But it's not because the Holy Spirit has changed, but it's because we have changed and our faith has changed. So I just think it's so cool that the Holy Spirit can minister to us and be, um, I actually literally read this today. Let me pull it up real quick. Sorry, my water bottle's falling all over the place. So I was reading in John 14, it says in verses 16 through 17, this is the passion, the passion translation. It says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me. And he will never leave you. So, so beautiful. First of all, that verse in the passion translation, like literally slapping the face. Additionally, um, this specific version actually broke into kind of a little side part and just talked about really what he meant when he said he will give us another savior because I've never heard the Holy Spirit described as a savior before but they said the Greek word here used is parakletos I'm not going to pretend that I pronounced that right I know that was wrong but it's a technical word that could be translated as defense attorney it means one who is called to stand next to you as a helper I think that is so so beautiful it says various translations have rendered this counselor comforter advocate encourager intercessor or helper however none of these words alone are adequate enough and fall short in explaining the whole meaning so so beautiful so when i think about what's the most profound thing i know about the holy spirit that he's my advocate that he's my comforter my counselor encourager intercessor helper that he's with me all the time that he never leaves that is so so beautiful i found myself starting to pray lately in just a really robotic way like being like lord like what should i do about this situation like whoa and then i realized oh my gosh i am literally praying to somebody who lives inside of me and he's with me all the time and he knows me better than i know myself how am i not praying in a way that just sounds like conversation it sounds like 
actual like connection and intimacy with a person. We just get so like caught up in our heads and caught up in the motions of what prayer what we what we thought prayer should sound like or what it should look like, but it is truly conversation and not only conversation, but it's communion with the Lord. And so, yeah, all that to say, the most profound thing that I know about the Holy Spirit is that he lives inside of me and that he loves me and that he talks to me and that he advocates for me. Like all of these things, like, yeah, it, it's the most basic facts about the Holy Spirit. Like, yeah, I know he can heal people. I know that he can deliver prophetic words through people. I know that he can speak to people um, in an audible way. I know that signs and wonders happen because of him. Like that's the, all of these are beautiful, amazing things. But the most profound part is that he never leaves me. The next question is, what is it like having a podcast while being in college? Such a good question. Honestly, it is super fun, I, mostly because I just love to do it. It is so rewarding to be able to share with others what I've learned in the Lord and just what I've dealt with and all the struggles that I go through just so people don't have to make the same mistakes that I do. Um, it is super sweet. I mean, it honestly doesn't come up in conversation a lot when I'm with friends or anything. It's just kind of a part of something that I do. I try not to mention it when I first meet people because it's kind of awkward, but then they start following me and then they always go, oh, I didn't know you had a podcast. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, I do. Like, it is really embarrassing, but it's also like, of course I did this myself. Like I'm putting this on the internet. You know what I mean? Like no one's making me do this, but yeah, so it is super sweet. It's super fun. It's exciting. And mostly I just love being able to do this. What is my favorite spiritual gift? That is the next question. Honestly, there's a bunch of amazing spiritual gifts, as we've already talked about. There's healing. There is prophecy. There's all these amazing, cool things that I think people can get really like, whoa, about. But I think my favorite spiritual gift is probably exhortation, um, which is basically just encouraging people. I love just being able to see things in people that sometimes they can't see in themselves and being able to call that out of people because I've had so many people call that out of me. When I feel unworthy or when I feel like I'm just kind of trash, honestly, like when people just encourage me and tell me that I'm doing a good job or that they see something in me that I can't even see in myself at that time or when they see something in me that I have noticed about myself but I'm wondering if it's even true, you know what I mean? Like, and they're calling that out of me. I absolutely love that. I think it's just the best. And I think that really is what keeps ministries um, held together and it keeps them going in, in such a beautiful way. Obviously, ministries keep going because of Jesus, but you know what I mean? Like it, it helps, helps everyone. The next question is, how do you feel you have grown in the past year? Man, so such a loaded question, honestly. <laughs> I've grown more in the last year than I think I have, honestly, in my entire life. Um, because I've actually grown more in understanding what's happening inside of me when I get anxious or afraid. I read this book called Try Softer by Andy Kobler. So good. My therapist recommended it to me and I um, just got out of a year in therapy and it was just so helpful being able to process my adoption and process growing up. And I think no matter what you do, you're going to have trauma in your life because we're all human beings and we're all sinful and so we're gonna hurt each other and we cannot help that unfortunately which is really sad but Jesus can and so obviously like I don't want to throw trauma around and just say that it's like a word that like anything is trauma but um something that the book actually taught me about is the difference between little t trauma and big t trauma big t trauma is like actual life threatening events that happen to you so like people who literally go to war like and they've seen people die they've seen limbs fall off they've seen awful like very grotesque scary things that is big t trauma and there's other things like car crashes like big t trauma but on the other hand there's a lot of little t trauma and i think this is the type of trauma that can add up in your life and it is you know it can seem very kind of covert or very like 
just kind of behind the scenes. Like you don't really know that it's happening until you realize how damaged you are emotionally later down the line or until you start dating someone and realize all the problems about yourself, (laughs) speaking from experience. But all that to say, I have learned that no matter what it looks like, hurt shows up in our life. And I used to not really be able to process emotions in a healthy way. I kind of was just all over the place. I would feel a lot, but not know how to name it. And so through therapy and through reading that book and also just being with the Lord, I was actually able to learn how to name my emotions and process them in a healthy way with the Lord. I used to honestly, like even in my time knowing Jesus, when I would start to feel kind of a discomforting emotion, whether it was sadness or anger or anything like that, I would immediately just like start like like yelling scripture over myself and just like rattling off a scripture instead of like actually stopping and slowing down and thinking, man, where is this actually coming from? Because clearly if it keeps happening, it's coming from somewhere. And so now I've actually learned through reading that book and through therapy and through being with Jesus, I've learned how to try softer with my emotions and with myself because that's how Jesus is with us. He's so validating and he loves us and he's so kind with us like something that my mentor always says is that correction from jesus always feels like a warm hug and a cookie because that's just how he does it and that's how he speaks to us because he speaks to us like a child because he knows that we are children he himself is such a complex amazing beautiful um his mind is just so beyond anything that we can understand but he speaks to us in a way that makes sense to us because he knows us So that is probably the most significant way that I've grown in the past year. Obviously, there are probably other ways that we just don't have time to go over right now. It kind of goes into one of the other questions that was asked on the Instagram poll, the Q&A, and it is mental health and Christianity. And I want to talk about this so bad. I think it needs to be talked about. We're going to have a conversation about it. Um, This summer, I will be posting a podcast about it. So keep your eyes peeled and just stay tuned for that episode when it comes out. But the next question is, what is something you wish you knew when you first became a Christian? Probably that I could hear the voice of God. I do not know how I ever did this life without knowing what the voice of God sounds like. And obviously, I think the human language is so limited. The word voice is really the only word that I have for it, but it doesn't just show up in an audible voice. He shows up in a whisper or maybe like in your heart, you just like have a gut feeling, but that's the Holy Spirit. Um, He can show up in dreams, in visions. Um, He can speak to you through people. Obviously, he speaks to us in his word. All the things. I just wish that I knew that I could commune and communicate with God. Like, prayer wasn't just me talking to him, but prayer could also be me listening to him. My mentor, Brittany Doss, and I talk about this in episode 16, which is Hearing the Voice of God with Brittany Doss. Give it a listen if you have time because it truly changed my life. I still think about this and I still go back to that episode when I need (laughs) encouragement, truly. So that's such a good one and it really does break down how simple it is to hear his voice. The next question is, when is a good time to pursue a relationship? Should I pursue a relationship during the transition period from college to work life or wait? The simple answer for this is ask the Lord. He knows you, he knows who you're going to marry, and he so he knows when is the right time for really anything, honestly, but also when you should start dating. I will say, just my two cents, adding a romantic relationship to your life can really shake things up sometimes. You just have someone who now is very close to you, and it can be really, really sweet and so beautiful, but it is definitely a learning curve to balance someone emotionally, mentally, and in your schedule, just... It is adding someone else to the equation. And of course, on paper, we are still single until we get married, but it is something to consider. 
When it comes to relationships specifically, if you're asking the Lord whether or not to pursue something, my biggest pointer is just follow peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And so if you feel peace where you are, um, and not just like a physical place, but like if you feel peace about the season that you're entering into or all the things, like if you just feel at ease when you're praying about a person, et cetera, et cetera, that is likely a sign that it is from him. But I will say that is not just the only sign. It will usually line up with other things that he's saying to you. And you'll have a lot of confirmation from the Lord whether or not um, you should be dating the specific person that you're thinking about or just dating at all. I will say that I think a lot of times as believers, we get really fixated on one specific thing or one specific area of our lives that we aren't even able to hear the voice of God because we're just way too zoomed in on one specific area. And so something that I like to do is when I'm asking him yes or no questions, I try to really avoid those because first of all, like he's our father. And so it says in the word that we're supposed to approach him like a child and a child does not go up to the father and be like, we're going to Disney or not. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, hey, like, can we go to Disney? I would really love to go to Disney. You know what I mean? And so I think like it matters about the posture of your heart. And yeah, so what happens is we we get so, so zoomed in on one specific area that we're not even able to hear him. So I always recommend just like zooming all the way out and not just asking, Lord, should I be dating right now? Or should I date this person? But asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want for this season of my life? What do you want in everything in life. What are you doing right now in my life? And I really do believe that when you start asking those questions, he'll start to show you. He'll start to show you what he's doing overall because he's so much bigger than just our our love lives, honestly, and he, because it's so beautiful. It's not that our love lives are insignificant to him. In fact, he cares deeply about the details of our lives. But I mean to say that he is always doing something beyond what you think he's doing. And so just ask him about that. Ask him what's on his heart. How many times have you asked Jesus, like, Lord, what are you doing? What do you want for this season? Like, what is on your heart? Um, and chances are he will show you and you'll actually be able to say, Lord, I want to come under that. I want to submit my will to yours. I really do think that that is what it looks like to surrender and to submit your will to his is being like, hey, this is obviously what I want right now. But Lord, what do you want? Because I want what you want above what I want. And that is what it means to lay down our flesh and lay down our desires for his. My practical example of this is I remember I was freshly in a relationship and I was like asking the Lord, like, is this from you? Is Am I going to marry this person? Like, what is going on? And I was just like, <laughs> you know, all those questions that you just kind of have like a spiraling like prayer session with. And I actually zoomed out and I was like, you know what, Lord, actually, what are you doing in my life right now? What is your desire for me? Not only what is your desire for me, but what is your desire? Period. What do you want? And it was so beautiful because that's when he was actually able to speak to me because we're talking about what he wants to talk about, not just what I want to talk about. And I heard him say, I want to bring you into a purification and refining season. And it was so beautiful because once I saw that, I was able to actually take my eyes off of myself and put my eyes on him and say, Lord, that is so good. Thank you for speaking to me about this. Show me how you want me to walk into this. And in that, Instead of worrying and freaking out about whether or not the person I was with was who I was going to marry, I was actually able to look at that person through the lens of Jesus and see them as just someone else who was going to bring me into that purification and that refining. And that's exactly what happened is I was able to see in interacting with this person and interacting um, and experiencing this relationship with this person, I was actually able to see, oh my goodness, like that is what I need to work on in myself. Thank you, Lord, for showing that to me because I wouldn't have been able to see that if I didn't ask the Lord what he was doing, if I wasn't aware of what was happening. So I know that can be 
kind of difficult and obviously it's way more nuanced and it's also it's very specific for your situation you know like what happened to me isn't going to happen the same exact way for you but that's a personal example of what happened for me when I was able to actually zoom out but don't over spiritualize it if you really do feel like you're coming out of a season of singleness and that you really just want to date and that you're just (laughs) ready to step into that then I don't think we need to over spiritualize it I think the Lord will make it very clear to us but yeah that is my two cents the final question is How do you stay connected to God throughout the mundane day-to-day when life is just life, like not a super good or super bad season? Man, this is so relatable. I feel like so many messages that I hear are like, God is with you through the hard times and he's with you when it's difficult. And even sometimes like I listen to that and I'm like, man, that's so good. And then I like make problems for myself just so God can be there for me in that. You know, like it's so crazy. But honestly, my biggest thing is that whenever I feel like I am kind of bored or at a plateau with the Lord, I know that I'm not seeing him rightly and I need to come into a deeper revelation of how much I need him. Um, something to keep just practical, practical advice out here. Um, something to keep you kind of on your toes is asking the Lord what he's doing. Like he does not waste a season. He is not one to waste any season of your life, any day, even not even an hour. And so when you ask him what he's doing, he might actually reveal to you what's going on and what he is doing in the background. Um, I remember there was this period of time where I really wasn't seeing a lot of breakthrough in my life or in my friends' lives or in the ministry that I was a part of. And I just sat down with the Lord and I was like, what are you doing in this season? And he revealed to me that he was preparing our hearts for revival. And it was just so beautiful because had I not asked that question, I would not have seen that. And I was not able, and I would not have been able to actually like really soak that all in and just be able to walk in that. So all that to say, he can reveal, he can reveal things to you that he's doing that are just so beautiful. Um, One of the songs I think really addresses this is the song Remember by Brian and Katie Torwalt. It says in the first verse, even it says how quickly we forget the God who lives in every day. How easy to lose sight that you reside in the mundane. How quickly we forget the power that's running through our veins, the kind of power that empties graves. I think this song perfectly encapsulates how it really does feel when you're just kind of like living life and just kind of going through your day-to-day and going through the motions. But this song basically highlights that he is the kind of God that empties graves. Like he, he is so much higher and mightier and holier than anything that we could ever imagine. And so when we come into this revelation of how much we need him and come into the revelation of the cross again and what he did for us, and we come to him with gratitude, we will actually be able to see him rightly and life will not be as boring. Trust me, but I'm going to go ahead and pray us out. Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for speaking to us. I thank you that you are good and that you are never boring. Um, I thank you, Lord, that we can come to you anytime we need you and that you're always right there. So I just pray over our week that we would just have productive and restful and just holy weeks, Lord, that we would be able to dwell with you and commune with you no matter what we're doing. I just thank you so much for everything that was said. I pray that anything that wasn't from you, Lord, that would just fall to the ground and people would not remember it, but they would only remember what you've spoken today. We love you so much, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys so, so much for listening. If you liked this episode, consider sending it to a friend or posting it on social media. Um, If you like the podcast in general, you can consider rating it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to it. It is super helpful because as you guys rate it more, it actually gets recommended to more people. And so in that way, it's able to grow and more people are able to hear the good news and encouragement for every day. 
you can keep up with me on social media on Carly Grace Photo, or sorry, I don't know why I said Carly Grace Photo. It's at Artie Love Podcast and at KG Knight. But if you want photos done in, in Orlando, I also do photography. <laughs> that was totally um, not, I did not mean to say that. But anyways, I love you guys so, so much. And I hope you guys have a great week. Peace out. Yeah.